Could you guys stand and just give Pastor Andrew a huge hand? I just, I want you to know, for those of you who don't know, just what a blessing this guy is to our church, both he and Luna, his wife, who was up here worshiping. They are just, have been such a huge blessing to our church. And just even over the past year, I just want to say, or maybe a year and a half, I mean, I, we're all like, we're all progressing. We're all kind of going like this as we're getting closer and a greater understanding and maturity of the Lord. But I don't know, something what Andrew did, he kind of just did one of these and just like took off. And I've just seen just in amazing ways, just his heart, like engaging in the Lord and just a greater, I don't know, it's, it's, it's so encouraging. I don't even know how to explain it, but um, it's been awesome to watch. And I'm like, oh, I just want what Andrew has. So anyway, here's Pastor Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to get to share with you um, kind of, yeah, as Pastor Mike was saying, the last year and a half has, has been really incredible. The Lord's been sharing a lot of things with me and, and teaching me about a lot of different things. And so I'm excited and thankful for the opportunity to get to share those with you in hopes that um, you can grow and you can, um, you can sort of experience some of what I'm experiencing as well. This morning, what I'm excited to share is... Uh, it has to do with, with raising a spiritual family. I'm a dad now. My daughter is three years old, little Ryan Kate, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm learning and thinking about and even discussing. Uh, I was with our life group the other night, and the guys had gotten together, and the dads and husbands, and we were discussing, how do you, how do you lead your family spiritually? And the Lord's been talking to me about some different things, and, and, uh, and as I think about that, I think back to when I was a kid when I was seven, six, and eight years old, and kind of that whole realm. Um, my parents, who loved the Lord and raised my sister and I, going to church and, and serving him, uh, we would do family devotionals on the weekends. And so Sunday morning was mostly at church, but Saturday mornings we'd gather around, and my dad would open his big Bible, and we'd spend long times in prayer. Um, my dad, who has an incredible heart and loves missions and, and praying for other things, also has a little bit of an intercessory uh, gifting, and so his prayers are, are on the longer side. And, and growing up uh, in a household that didn't have cable and in a time before Netflix and, and on-demand, um, Saturday mornings was hard to give up because of Saturday morning cartoons. So as like a seven-year-old, I just wanted to sit in front of TV and like watch. Like I didn't have to go to school. I could sleep in and watch cartoons. And instead, my dad would wake us up and be like, family devotional time. And we'd be like, okay. And so my sister and I would like dutifully just sort of like sit through it. And so now on the other side of things, as a dad, I'm thinking, how do I like engineer and, and create structured time for my family to like grow in God, and what does that look like, and how, how do we do that? And so as I'm thinking about all these things, and as I'm listening to God and, and hearing him speak to me, uh, I'm, I'm learning some different, different things. And, and I'm learning that my parents were a huge model for how I learned to pray, seeing my mom and my dad, and the way that they pray, and the way that they pray. For, they had a whole list of like missionaries that they'd pray for, and people in our church, and people in their small groups, and, and they'd pray for these things. And, and watching that, I learned a lot about prayer. And when I moved up to, to work here at The Rock in 2011, um, I got to see how Pastor JR prayed. And it was really different. My, my dad, my mom, who are intercessory, they prayed long and seriously. And, and that's really good. And we need more intercessors. Um, but Pastor JR had this unique style of praying. And I saw it on stage. And I saw it in the offices and at lunch and at YWAMs. And, and as I like, got to 
share more of his life, I saw this, this beautiful style of prayer where he was confident that God was not only hearing him but with him, and they didn't have to be these long, drawn-out prayers. And so I, I saw when we'd have trouble thinking of an idea or solving a problem or finding a solution, uh, he would say, you know what, let's just pray. And I would think, oh, I didn't hydrate enough for this. Like, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't pack any snacks. Like, I, I've got a meeting in 20 minutes. I'm not ready to intercede, like, for a solution. And then he'd surprise me. Like, time and time again, he'd, he'd say, Father, you know what we need even more than we do. Help us. Give us the idea. Give us the solution in Jesus' name. And then it was done. And I was so impressed by the confidence that God hears and God sees and God knows and, and God meets the needs that I was like, wow. Like, and so I was learning. In my early 20s, I didn't know everything there was to know. Um, which, if you're over 30, like, you know why that's funny. And if you're in your late teens, you'll figure it out in a few years. <laughs> but during that time, I thought, man, I, I need to, to learn about not just prayer, but a lot of things. And, uh, and so I started to, to really push myself to learn and to grow. And I started reading books, and I started attending seminars and conferences, learning leadership principles, and, and, and just as much as I could about as much as I could. And it was really helpful, sort of. What I'm seeing now is, is that there's an even better way, and that's what I want to unpack this morning. Um, I've gotten the opportunity to share a, a few times over the last year. Uh, let's see, the f- first time that I, sh- not the first time, but um, halfway through t- 2018, I, I got to share a message where God had changed the way that I thought about finances. He'd really spoken to Luna and I uh, about money and about the way that we structured our finances and about our generosity. And, and what he was showing me through that was not so much to do with money, but it had to do with my heart. He was showing me the connectedness between a person's heart and their wallet or their pocketbook or their budget. And he was showing me that really through all this, it wasn't so much about the money, it was about God demonstrating his faithfulness. Uh, He was showing me uh, about how I could choose to trust him and that he would always be trustworthy, that he wouldn't fail, that his promises are true and they are yes, and we can say amen to them. And uh, and that was the first thing. And so he changed the way that I thought about money. And then... um, a month or two ago, I shared about how he changed the way that I thought about, about loving God, about being in a relationship with God. I used to think it was really important that I love God, and now I was learning that it's more important to understand that God loves me. Uh, in the same way, uh, Ryan Kate is my daughter biologically because she's my daughter, but, but she can enjoy the benefits of our family. She can enjoy the perks of being my daughter not based off of how much she loves me, not based off how well she serves me, but based off of how much I love her. And so the more confident she is in my love of her, the more confidently she can walk in the benefits of being a part of the family. The more confidently she can understand like all that she's entitled to and all that she has a right to and all that she has as inheritance. And so the Lord spoke to me about boasting in his love for us, not just our love for him. So that was another thing that he was changing my mind about. Most recently, what I'm excited to share this morning is how he's changing my mind uh, about how I think and about how my thoughts. And so how I'm, if I'm trying to be a better dad, if I'm trying to raise a spiritual family, if I'm trying to uh, lead, my, lead my spouse and, and lead my children, if I'm trying to do all those things, uh, he's, he's taking it back to the fundamentals of what I'm thinking about, of how I'm thinking, and what I'm basing truth off of. And so that's what we're going to unpack this morning. So at a large level, I'm learning uh, how to change the way that I think. And at a smaller level, I'm learning that as I think differently, um, I'm leading my family differently. I'm leading my family better. I'm leading my family differently. And I keep coming back to this same passage in the New Testament. 
In the book of Romans, in chapter 12, verse 2, we see uh, the Apostle Paul writing to a church in Rome, and he's encouraging them with this thought. Romans chapter 12, he says, picking it up in verse 2, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I want to spend the bulk of our morning, our time together, unpacking this idea not to copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but allowing God to transform us, transforming us into a new person by changing the way we think, learning to know God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's what I want to unpack. I've sort of broken that verse into five different phrases, and we're going to look at each of them. Number one, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Uh, I had said earlier that I was going to the conferences, I was attending seminars, I was reading books, I was reading a lot of books, I was reading even more books, I was spending a lot of time reading, and, and I was growing and it was helpful, but sort of. What I found that I was doing is I was, in a lot of ways, copying the behaviors and customs of this world. I was doing whatever, like, the latest, you know, bestseller was. I'd say, oh, I need to be doing this. And, and sometimes there was some, some truth to it. Sometimes there was some good things that could be applied. And sometimes there was some, some great nuggets that I learned and applied and helped my team or helped my family or helped myself. Um, but for the most part, I was just taking whatever the world was saying. And I was like, oh, that's what I need to try. And I was applying that. And what I'm learning now is, is that's not the greatest truth. Like the, the New York Times bestsellers, as good as they may be, that's not the end-all, be-all of truth. Instead, this here, the Word of God, that should be our truth. Like what the, 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 the written Word of God, what, what Jesus spoke, what the apostles did, like all of that, that is the greatest truth. And, and that's what I should be building my lives off of. And even, even when it doesn't make sense at, at a first glance, even when I think, okay, well, how can a book thousands of years old like, help me like, be a better manager? Or how can it help me be a better father in today's like, crazy world? And, and on a surface, it seems like, well, wouldn't a book written today be more practical? Yes, but really, no. Like a resounding, this is the greatest truth. And so as I'm understanding that I, I shouldn't be copying the behaviors and customs of this world, I'm beginning to give less credit to just what the, what the experts say, and I'm beginning to look at what the, the creator says, and I'm finding that it's a lot better for my life, and the payout is, is way, way more. So number one, we don't copy the, the behaviors and the customs of this world. Instead, as we stop, we begin something different. We begin to, number two, let God transform us into a new person. We don't want to just become a better version of our old selves. We want to become an entirely new creation. We don't want to just become incrementally better version of what we used to be, an incrementally better uh, manager or coworker or father, husband, mother, teacher, whatever. We want to become entirely new. We want God to create in us a whole new being, a whole new way of thinking, a whole new way of living, a whole new way of, of interacting with other people. And that's what we're going to do. As we stop copying behaviors and customs of the world, as we stop comparing our family to what we see on television, as we stop comparing our family to what we read in the magazines, as we stop trying to copy the world or what Hollywood or our media would try and tell us we need to be, as we, stop, as we start to allow God to transform us by the power of his word, that's where we're going to really begin to step in to all that he's created us to be. But when we do that, um, sometimes we pray for what I like to call the Disney swirl. Uh, so if you've, if you've got young children, uh, you can think back to the Cinderella movie. Cinderella, 
Um, she's got the stepsisters, and, and they're all invited to the ball, and they tell Cinderella, no, you can't come to the ball. It's just for us. Like, you have to stay here and wash the floor or something. And so they all leave. They get dressed up and leave. And she's stuck there in her rags, and she's washing the floor with her mice. And then all of a sudden, the fairy godmother comes, like, dancing in, and she taps her with her wand, just gives her a swirl and a boop. And then, like, she's instantly transformed. Like, the pumpkin becomes a carriage. The mice become horses. Uh, she's now in this beautiful gown, glass slippers. Cinderella and like the fairy tale begins. And sometimes when we pray, like, God, transform me, that's what we're hoping for. We're hoping God like dances in and there's like a, a swirl and a wand and boop, and now like I'm different. Now I'm the father that never loses, loses his cool. Like now, now I'm the husband that is never selfish and always like thinks of his wife first. And, and that's what we're praying for sometimes because that's the easy thing. I like the easy thing. Uh, and so we pray for that Disney swirl. What I'm finding that although God's power is infinite and there are incredible testimonies of people who addiction was broken in an instant and their lives were completely turned around in a moment and that does happen, for the most part, at least for my experience in my life, uh, God is walking me through a process because he wants me to understand the process of how he works so that I can help other people through a process of him working. And so instead of a Disney swirl, it's a little bit more like the 1994 movie Shawshank Redemption. Um, <laughs> good, some of you have seen it. Uh, in the movie, uh, if you haven't, I'm going to spoil the ending for you. The main character, who was wrongly uh, convicted, is innocent, and he becomes determined to break out of prison. And someone makes a comment about like, well, you could tunnel out, but it would take a lifetime. Like you'd, you'd end up serving your life sentence before you got out. And, uh, and he like took that and he was like, I don't know, like I bet I could do it. And so he, with a little spoon, he begins tunneling uh, through the prison walls and then like through the, and like escaping. And, but he does it in such a way where day by day, he does a little spoonful in his tunnel and puts it in his pockets. And then when he, he gets time to go out into the yard and have like rec time or like fresh air or whatever, he goes out and, and little by little, he's emptying his pockets of dirt into the yard. And, and it's incremental and it's step by step and it's these like little things. But what I'm finding in my life is that every morning that I spend time with God, reading the Bible, reading his word, listening to him, talking with him, uh, spending time listening to worship music, like just like my, my soul spending time with, his, with him, my spirit spending time with his spirit. When I do that, it is that like, it's that spoonful in the tunnel that like I am being transformed into a new person. I'm being changed into a new person and I'm doing it. Uh, it feels little by little. It's a process for sure. It's not just the Disney swirl. It's not like all of a sudden I'm, I'm different and I'm better and I'm brand new and like I'm never going to have a bad thought or say a bad word ever again. It, it's not quite that, though I wish it were. Instead, it's every day I'm spending a little bit of time with them and it's me like the dirt and then I'm taking it out into the yard and I'm, I'm dumping it and it's like, okay, and, and now I'm being and this, doesn't, this isn't some great, like, deep revelation. None of you guys are writing down in your notes like, oh, read the Bible. I didn't realize I was supposed to be doing that. It's not. It's, it's elementary. I remember 20 years ago being in a VBS where they said, like, read your Bible and pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. And here 20 years later, I'm still preaching, like, the same thing of, like, you know what? We should read our Bibles and pray. And if we did it every day, like, we would grow and change into the people, and I'm like repackaging it like it's something new. It's not. <laughs> Thank you. It's, but we need to allow God to transform us into a new person. 
and we'll be completely different. The second part of, the, of that same sentence says, by changing the way you think. Um, as we read the truth of God, it changes the way we think. Uh, sometimes it's so easy because we spend so much time in the world, so easy to think like the world, but the way God thinks is very different. God thinks very differently than the world thinks. His wisdom is very different than the world's wisdom. His, his understanding and knowledge is so much more complete than the world's understanding and knowledge. And so as we spend more time with him, reading our Bible and praying every day, we are growing and it's changing the way we're thinking. Um, there's, uh, there's science out there that, that, that supports the truth of God. And it says that uh, your brain... Um, your thoughts, though they may feel intangible, like our thoughts don't feel like a physical thing, um, they actually produce physical changes in your gray matter, in your brain. And, and so as you think things, there are synapses that fire and there are neural pathways that are formed. And as you think a thing more often, those get sort of widened and, and it's easier for you to like return to that thought and, and do that thing. It can be explained at, at kind of an elementary level as like if your brain was a big wheel of cheese and you were dropping like a, a red hot bearing or a BB through it, and it just created a pathway. And then every time you thought the same thought, it just sort of another one that widened that. And so it gets to a place where another analogy might be that uh, you've got a six lane interstate going to one way of thinking, and you've got just a, a small walking path going to another way of thinking. And as we do this, what we understand from the sciences is teaching us is that we can choose to think differently though sometimes it's hard, we can begin to, to put lane closures on one and we can do some construction on the other and we can begin to widen it. And so we can choose to think differently. And so whereas before our, our initial thoughts might be to run to fear, we can choose to, to turn to faith. Where it used to be thinking like, oh, it's impossible, it'll never happen, it won't work out. We can choose to think, well, what, what if it did? Um, for Luna and I, we're, we're finding this to be true uh, about our finances. So because, uh, because we're choosing to live below our means, we live on a tight budget. And, uh, and so there are times we see things that we want and we think, oh, we can't afford it. Our old way of thinking was saying, if we can't afford it, we can't have it, that's the end. But now we're, we're choosing to think differently. We're trying to create some new neural pathways and we're trying to exercise our brains a little bit more. And so instead of thinking, well, we can't afford it, we're thinking, what can we do to afford it? Like, how could we use what God has give, given us, time, talents, abilities, skills, and how could we leverage that to achieve the thing that we want to? Uh, it may be the same for you in business. Like maybe in, in your business, office, whatever you're doing, your vocation, you're thinking, oh, I couldn't do that. But maybe instead of thinking, I couldn't do that, maybe you think, how could I do that? Like, what could I do? We're even exercising this with Ryan Kate. So she's three-year-old. Uh, she's uh, exercising her independence. She wants to put on her shoes. She's trying to put on her shoes. This morning, she's screaming at me, I can't put on my shoes. And whereas I used to say, you can put on your shoes. And then she'd say, I can't put on my shoes. And an argument would ensue. Now, uh, Lynn and I are trying a different strategy. We're saying, well, how could you put on your shoes? Uh, could you put on your shoes if you asked for help? Could you put on your shoes if you put them on the right foot? Could you put on your shoes, you know, if you took a break and then tried it again. Like, you know, how could you do it? Or there's times where, like, she gets frustrated because the tablet isn't working. She says, it's not working. And, like, she's three. So most of the time it's just a user error. Uh, it's like, you, I mean, it's technology. Uh, she's like, it's not working. And I'm like, okay, but how could it work? Like, could it work if you charged it? Or could it work if you, like, stopped smashing it? Like, could it work if you... You know, like, let's, let's think about, it. like, how could it work? And so we're trying to, like, exercise. If we truly believe we are loved by and we serve the God of the impossible, why would we stop our thinking at, at like, what's possible? 
If he is impossible and he's living inside of us and we're empowered by him, like, let's stretch ourselves to believe a little bit bigger. Like, what is the dream that's inside your heart that, that you quickly shut down because you're like, oh, well, that could never work. Like, who am I? Like, I don't have the right connections or I don't have the budget or I don't have the resources. I don't have this. And, and what if God wants to transform you into a new community leader, a new politician, a new teacher, a new uh, thinker, a new inventor, uh, but we've stopped it because we're, our, our way of thinking is so quick to go to, well, that would be impossible. But what if God's way of thinking says, no, how could that be possible? Well, if God opened this door and if God gave me this person or this resource, like, I bet I could do that. And then we begin to pray those ways. God, give me that person. Open that door. Give me that resource. And then the, the impossible begins to happen. So we are being transformed into a new person by changing the way that we think. This morning, um, I was getting ready, and uh, I woke up feeling a little bit tired. I was still recovering from a, a bit of a head cold, and so I had hit snooze more than I should on the alarm clock. You guys have probably been there. If not, that's just me. And, and, uh, and as I did that, I finally got out of bed and instantly felt like, like I was trying to, to recover time. I was feeling behind and pressed and running late. And so Luna, who was also a big part of the service this morning, needed to be here early to set up with the team and sound check and get all those things ready. So she left, and it was now me and Ryan Kate. We're finishing breakfast, and we got to get dressed. We got to put on the shoes. We got to do all the things that you got to do to get ready. And, uh, and, and as we're doing that, I'm still feeling behind in the day. And, and I'm getting frustrated with Ryan Kate because she's not eating fast enough. And she's frustrated because she can't put her shoes on the right way. And, and I noticed that, like, the granola is left out on the, on the counter. And, and I'm thinking, why didn't Luna put the granola away? And then I'm thinking, and why didn't she help get Ryan Kate ready? And then I'm thinking, and why didn't, why didn't she do this? And this is my, my neural pathways. Like, I've got this, it's way too easy for my brain to just go to, why didn't someone else do something? Instead of, like, taking ownership of, why didn't I get up the first time my alarm went off? <laughs> and so here I am. Here I am, like my neural pathway is running this way of like, well, why didn't she do this? And why, did that? and why didn't she put the granola away? And so frustrated about this granola that like sitting out, gr granola is already dried grains. If it sits out longer, it's not going to dry out anymore. And, and the, the time that it takes me to just take it from the counter and put it in the pantry is like so insignificant. I shouldn't get so worked up about this granola. But here I am, I'm thinking like, she didn't put away the granola and like, why do I have to get Arky ready? Like, I'm supposed to be preparing for a message this morning. Like, I'm very important. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit stopped me. And it was just this like gentle prompting. It was just like, a, I felt it in my, in my spirit. It was just like, a, oh, hold up. Uh, and, then, and then he spoke to me. It was a still small voice. It wasn't like the roof lifted up of our house and angels descended and the Lord said, thus saith the Lord. It wasn't, wasn't like that. I hear the Lord just in a, a small, still voice in my head. It's like an, a quick exchange of thoughts, but it happens really fast. It's usually correcting me for the better, and it's always biblical, and that's, like, that's how I know it's the Lord. Um, that's how I, I hear from God. There's lots of people that hear very differently, but that may help you. Um, so anyway, so I hear the Holy Spirit, and he says, uh, he says, hold on, wait a minute. He says, you're not, what you're doing this morning isn't any more important than what Luna's doing this morning. And he started me right there. He said, you need to stop. And then he said, uh, let me remember how he phrased it. He said, um, he started to point out, like, if, if you'd gotten up the first time you set your alarm, you wouldn't be feeling this way. And then he went on to remind me that every Wednesday night, Luna leads worship, but at the same time, like, I'm getting ready to help with, like, the youth stuff. And Luna almost always has Ryan Kate. And so he was, the Holy Spirit was reminding me, if she does this every Wednesday, you can do it a single Sunday morning. 
And I was like, you're right, God. <laughs> but, it was, but it was the Holy Spirit. It was exactly the scripture. He was transforming me into a new person. I'm becoming a better husband, a better father by changing the way I think. Instead of thinking, why didn't she, and why didn't she, and why didn't someone else, and why can't RK put on her shoes? It's, it's not that. It's why didn't I get up earlier? Why don't I serve her in this way? Like, why don't I pull my own fair share? Like, why don't I take three seconds and put away the granola? Like, all those little things. It's the Holy Spirit helping me to trans- be transformed into a new person by changing the way that I think. And that's, that's exactly the scripture in just a really practical way with granola and getting ready on a Sunday morning. One other way that we're changing the way that we think is, uh, is we're looking at 1 Corinthians 13. If, if God is love and God is living inside of us by the power of his Holy Spirit, then we should be loving. And we see in 1 Corinthians 13 that love hopes all things and it believes all things. And so we're trying to believe the best about every situation. Luna and I as a family, we're trying to like, okay, this is what we're going to do this season. We're going to believe the best. And so over the holidays... We're going to travel with Luna's family uh, down to interior Mexico and, and see a few cities down there. And we were really excited. On the morning of the 27th, we woke up uh, super early to catch our morning flight uh, down, to, down to Mexico. And what I woke up to was not like an exciting, yay, vacation day. Excuse me. Instead, it was a text from our airline saying, your flight has been canceled, period. <laughs> and that was it. Like, no, like, but don't worry, we've rescheduled you. It was just like, your flight has been canceled. Good morning. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I woke up to that and instantly like I'm frantic. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? So I'm calling the like the 1-800 number and it's saying, you know, due to a large number of, uh, a large volume of calls, like all our agents are busy, approximate wait time is greater than two hours. And I'm thinking my flight was supposed to leave like in two hours and now it's canceled and I won't even speak to someone for over two hours. And so the automated voice lets me know, like, but you can log on online and, like, maybe you can help yourself, (laughs) which is, like, the worst customer service. Like, maybe you can do it, (laughs) but I'm not here to knock on them. Uh, And so so I did. I I jumped online. This was Thursday morning, Thursday morning uh, before 5 a.m., and I'm jumping online, and, uh, and it says the next available flight to Mexico City is Sunday afternoon. Like, that was the next time that they could get us there. And I was like, that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's like four days of our week-long vacation that would just be shot. Like, sorry, like, you can't get there. So, like, reservations, like, none of that matters. Like, sorry. And so, like, I, I'm thinking the worst. I'm like, well, what do we do? Like, we're not going to get to see your family. Uh, because of, like, uh, DFW had had a bunch of bad storms, and it was a whole domino effect. It wasn't just our flight. It was several flights. And a few thousand people were very upset with the airlines, and it wasn't just me. Um, but because of all that, Luna's family had gotten out the day before and there was this whole mess. And so anyways, so, but Luna stopped me and she was, and so I'm just thinking like, what all this? And she stops me and she calls me out and she says, let's choose to believe the best. And I was like, fine. <laughs> so <laughs> let's hope for the best. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's the least we can do. And, uh, and so uh, an hour and a half later, I get a call from a very helpful customer service agent, and they're, able, they're not able to get us into that city, and, but they said, but we could get you to this other city, which happened to be the city that uh, my in-laws were rerouted to. And I was like, well, that would be really helpful because then at least we're with them. And, and through a long series of events, a few other things happened, 
And within a, within a few hours, that same morning, Thursday morning, we were able to fly out uh, to another city, meet up with Luna's parents, and we actually had the best part of our vacation. Uh, we adjusted our itinerary just a little bit and ended up doing all the same things we would have done, and everyone else was really, really accommodating. And, uh, and it honestly ended up being the best part of our trip. And afterwards, Luna and I talked about it, and, and I'm not... I don't, say, I don't know that I could convince you all that just because I changed my thinking, like the trip became the best, but I do know with confidence that because I changed my thinking, my attitude about the trip was the best. And, uh, and it made it that much easier to, ha- to make that the best part of our trip. Um, so our time with, with her family was super great and, and really, really, really awesome, but it started with because we chose to, to believe the best. We changed our thinking. What is so easy to just sort of run to that, that natural way of thinking that the world would, would think of like, wow, this is awful, and this airline's the worst, and we should have done this, and it's all, you know, your fault, my fault, and this one, and who can we blame? And instead of that, it was like, you know what, let's just believe the best, and let's be nice to the customer service agents. And Okay, so we, going back to Romans. What does it say? Romans 12. I can't find it in my... I don't have it written down. (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. That's number four. Um, I believe God has a specific strategy for how we can lead our families spiritually, for how we can be uh, better people in our communities, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods. I believe that he has a specific strategy. When we lean on the world's understanding, what we're leaning on is, is a kind of one-size-fits-all. Like, hey, here's a book that sold a million copies. It's a generic help. I, I hope that it helps you. But what God can provide is the, is the unique tailor-made for us. You know, what, what can help with, with my child? What can help with my spouse? What can help with my uh, workplace crisis? Like, what can help with, with that specific thing? There isn't a book out there that was written specifically for your child or your spouse or your family, but God, who created your spouse and your work and your family, he knows exactly what you need. And so how much greater advice and wisdom can we understand or can we receive from the creator of the universe, the one who put it all together, the one who knows how it works intimately, how much greater wisdom can we receive from that? And so when he says you will learn to know God's will for you, it's not just like you'll learn to know that God wants you to go to church or like you'll learn to know that. It's like, no, 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 like God has a specific plan because he loves you so much. He's invested in your life. Like he cares about your family more than you do. And so he has a will for your family. He has a plan for your children. He has a hope for your marriage. He has all those things. And as you press into him, you become transformed and you learn to think differently. And then you receive like his blueprint, his strategy, his wisdom for how to do all those things in your life. It's really, really beautiful. One of the ways uh, that we do this, one of the practical things that, that Luna and I are finding is, is sort of going back to what I opened with, is that weekly kind of God time. How do you engineer a God time that works for your kids? In different seasons, it's very different. And I'm not going to tell you what's going to work for yours. I'm just telling you what I've found works for me. As Luna and I have been praying, one of the strategies we've found is that for our three-year-old, she doesn't want to sit and listen to me intercede for the nation's. But one of the things that she does really well is, uh, is she practices thankfulness. So in the morning, she'll come in and, and she'll be like, Daddy, I want to play on the tablet. I want to watch the iPad. And I'm like, okay, but before we do that, can you tell me five things that you're thankful for? And she's like, okay. And then I said, and I'll tell you five things I'm thankful for. And we turn it into like a thing where she's like, it's not your turn, Daddy. It's my turn. And we make it like this whole thing of, of like a give and take, a, 
call and response. So she'll say, I'm thankful for mama. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, let's thank Jesus. We're so thankful for mama. She'll say, yeah. And she'll say, okay, it's your turn. And then like, we'll go back and forth and we practice thankfulness because at its core, thankfulness is like the prelude to prayer. Like that's how you begin our prayers is like, man, Jesus, I'm so thankful for these things. Can you help me in these things? That's, that's how we begin our prayers. Psalms 100 says that it's the password to his presence, thankfulness. And so teaching her at this age, I can't teach her, you know, to intercede for the nations. Like, we'll get there in a few more years, but right now I can teach her to practice thankfulness. And so that's what we're doing. And on top of that, when someone gets an owie or a boo-boo, when something happens, we, we rush together as a family. We say, okay, let's pray for it. You know, we kiss it because that's what dads have to do. But then we also, like, then we pray for it. And we say, all right, Jesus, let's heal it. And we, and we teach her how to, how to pray for those things. And so that's how we're structuring our family time. We're not making a something that's not on her level. We're not making it super dry and, and boring. Although, you know, I mean, there's a time and a place where you got to eat your vegetables and you got to just do it because like it's the discipline of doing it. And I get that. And we'll get there. Um, but right now we're teaching her how to have fun with God by practicing thankfulness. And that's what's working for us. And so as we think about how we can raise spiritual families, uh, I don't want to just give you guys like my strategy Instead, what I want to do is I want you to understand that we can be transformed into better husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, community members. We can be transformed into new people by changing the way we think by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we do that, we'll learn to know God's will for our families, for our children, for our workplaces. And then when we do that, number five, we'll understand what is good and pleasing and perfect. I believe that's, that's what God has for us, is good and pleasing and perfect. And so uh, I want to encourage you, we can get there, but it takes, uh, it takes a spoon and it takes some, some pocketfuls of dirt sometimes. Um, hopefully for some of us, we'll hear testimonies in the next weeks that like, oh, I got the Disney swirl, like it was awesome, I'm totally different now. But for the rest of us, uh, we're going to keep coming back every week and we're going to keep getting better and we're going to read our Bible and pray every day and we're going to grow, grow, grow. And so as we close, uh, I'm going to invite our ministry teams. They're going to come forward. They're available here to pray for you for whatever you've got going on. It doesn't have to pertain to this message, or it can if you need that. But whatever's going on in your life, we want to partner with you in faith and in prayer to pray alongside with you. Um, in addition to that, you can always write down on the, the cards and the seat backs of the pockets. Our staff members, we pray for those every week um, individually. We pray for each one of those. So you, we'll partner in prayer with you in that way. As we close, I just want to pray one more time for all of us together that this would help us tomorrow, uh, that this isn't just a message for today, but it would change our Mondays and the rest of our weeks. Father God, thank you for your revelation. Thank you that you're the God who loves us and cares about our relationships, about our marriages, about our families, about our children. Father, I pray that you would transform us into new people by changing the way that we think. And in doing so, we would learn to know your will. We would learn your strategies, your blueprints, and your way of doing everything so that we could have a life that's good and pleasing and perfect. Father, help us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Have a great week.